Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. This is Jordan Halstead, your host here. Uh, I've got Will and Michael with me. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. What are we covering today? We are covering Star Wars' The Mandalorian. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought we were covering Age of Ultron for this episode. Stop it. Yeah, I thought you were talking about talking about Last Jedi, the best Star Wars. Nope, nope, nope. But in reality... Mandalorian is one of the best pieces that has come into Star Wars, uh, at least in the past 10, 15 years. And it's even arguable or it's arguably one of the best things since the original trilogy. And so I'm going to go ahead and say Mandalorian, hands down, is one of my favorite pieces of Disney+. Plus. Uh, and that even goes against like some Marvel stuff, too. So I know that it's pushing, but I loved it. So when Star Wars pushed its first series with the Mandalorian, what were your guys' thoughts over the first season, and we want to start with Micah on this one. You know, I was just, you know, very curious to see what Star Wars would do, you know, in respect to not making movies, to like, this is the first series that came out that was a short series that wasn't a movie. You know, growing up, we watched, you know, all of us can say that we watched, you know, all nine movies, right? And then, you know, Rogue One and, and Solo. But, like, I think there was curiosity. I think there was like this um, expectation, you know, with Star Wars being so popular um, and with Disney Plus and the streaming service, like what were they going to do as far as like, um, you know, in comparison to what Marvel was doing, right? Like what what was Star Wars going to do and how are they going to hold up to you know, what everything else was, you know, all the other content that Disney Plus was uh, pushing out. So um, Mandalorian, you know, held up to my expectations. I mean, it just it just blew it out of the water for me. So, like, I was just, you know, I can I think we can all agree to the fact that, like, we were all just curious to see what was going to happen with Star Wars not making a movie and making a series. What do you think, Will? Well... I mean, there's been talks about doing a Star Wars show ever since the end of Revenge of the Sith. And George Lucas, I think at that time when he still had the rights before he sold it to Disney, he said, I want to do it, but Fox won't give me the money to do it. Would be, I think he said it was like going to be like 10 or 15. It was like so many. It's as much money as I think that they were giving for the Game of Thrones guys to do like their final season or like how much they were doing on those 10 episodes alone. And now it's just like it's baffling that Fox wouldn't front that money now with what we've gotten with Mandalorian, mm -hmm. uh, Boba Fett, and then all the stuff that's been announced since then. And, uh, the, when they f when they first showed us like the first trailer and image of this, I think everybody's mind went to, is that Boba Fett? Did he get new armor post uh, the Sarlacc pit? Oh my god, is that him? Oh my god. Yeah. Like th th Theories were running wild with it, and it's just, we don't see this. This is, one, a new part of the galaxy. Um... The, the dark side of stuff like the crime lord stuff i mean yeah we got some inklings of that in solo and all that and his dealings with jabba but like not enough like not not enough content it's like oh give us more like that's something that everybody's been wanting and seeing that part and like how bounty hunters are g going like i honestly think this is something like quentin tarantino would do uh obviously i don't think they would let him do it because he'd be a little bit too violent too hyper crazy with this but he's a brand director but this seems like that kind of stuff that he would do and it's just a self-contained story and just building up din Djarin and stuff that we end up getting in the show it's like yes more of this like i need i need to know what happened in that 30 years between star uh, return of the jedi 
and Force Awakens, and it, it, whether it be with some side characters or how the galaxy was, and just knowing the state of stuff. Like, I mean, you got John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and so many others doing brilliant work on it, and they knocked it out of the park. Like, yes, more. And we, I mean, we're three episodes in the book of Boba Fett, and there's more to come this year. So we have plenty of more will build, building to come. Yeah, and, and Will, I would totally agree with you. Like, I think that when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, Boba Fett. Like, he survived, right? <laughs> I thought that that was exactly where they were going with this. And, and no, they kind of swerved us a little bit. But, like, everything that John Favreau does apparently just touches, uh, you know, turns to gold. He's got that Midas <laughs> In respect touch. to making movies and series yeah. and things like that. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he's got quite the resume. And, um, I, you know, he's crushing it with uh, The Mandalorian. And there's, you know, another season coming out this year, later this year. Um, uh, Book of Boba Fett is doing really well so far. Um, we've got a couple more episodes of that. Jordan, what do you think of uh, this since they've dropped it? And you said you loved it and it kind of holds up to like other series like Marvel. Um, do you, did you feel that kind of expectation of like, okay, we love Star Wars, but like there's kind of this nervous anticipation of like, where, where are they going with this? Because it's the first time that they've done something on Disney Plus that's Star Wars. You know, there was a lot to um, well, expect I, out of this. I think there's even more to it. It wasn't just like, this is the first disney plus star wars this was the first disney plus like adult kind of content if that makes sense like because mm -hmm. they were pushing out uh at that time hey we're gonna be bringing in uh, this whole library of all of our our disney stuff and like for us being adults yeah disney is really cool because it reminds us of our childhoods it reminds us of some of the lessons we learned it has some good memories they have some really really good movies as disney but now that they've got like star wars and marvel and they're, they've got like Avatar and with the Fox uh, stuff and, and that acquisition and all that. I remember sitting there thinking, because this was at the start of the, as, as we sometimes refer to it as streaming wars, um, it was kind of the beginning of, hey, this is kind of the end game for everybody. Like, you're going to have to start streaming. Like, it's not going to be everybody gets a TV and has to pot or goes in and pays for their no normal subscriptions. And when you see, hey, we're going to do Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, ESPN, uh, the uh, National, National Geographic. Geographic. You have all of these right there where you do a bundle, and then you can also get Hulu in there. I mean, that was that was huge. And so when they dropped all the Star Wars stuff, I don't remember thinking, hey, that's going to be uh, Boba Fett. But I remember looking at it, and I'm like, okay, The Mandalorian. Wait, that's from The Clone Wars. And I was a huge Clone Wars fan, and I was going through all of that, and I was like, The Clone Wars, that's a, that's awesome. Uh, that they're going to bring this in because I'm hoping that it won't just be the one and, and eventually we see even more um, with the uh, when they're in there with the kindling with the foundlings and things like that. they're talking about that um, when they showed like some of the backlog and stuff I thought wow this really just blows me away that we are we're in a world where we had the awful trilogy that came after all the good Star Wars um, where we were getting ev pretty much every year we were getting a Star Wars movie and I felt like it was very pushed where John Favreau comes in and, and made it very easygoing and very, hey, we're going to do some really slow story building, but I felt like it was, he, he changed the game. It wasn't so much anymore of a, hey, here's the Jedi, here's the Sith. Um, it wasn't so much of a, hey, it's a movie. He brought the other side of Star Wars to life. Yeah, at the back end. yeah, he, he completely changed it. It was now, hey, we're now in a world. Um, where like video games, uh, Scott would, Scott would typically talk about this part and maybe you guys can even talk into it. We're so used to Mario 
where you're playing like old old Mario games and you're like, okay, I got to get to the next uh, level and then eventually to the next world. And it spells everything out for you. And I feel like that was the Sith and the Jedi and like Luke Skywalker and like the Skywalker family. That pretty much was them and their story. And then now in, in 2020, you've got games like uh, Skyrim and uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey where it's 3D. It's you're moving around. You you don't have to focus necessarily on that story. Now, yes, that's that's integral to the part. So that way you understand why. Oh, why, wh- what happened with the Galactic Empire? Why are they there? Uh, well, that's explained through the main story, but you can go back and see, hey, this is where this piece came in, or you watch the Clone Wars, and, and nothing had, no, Star Wars has never had a live-action TV show until this point, and I, just, I absolutely loved it. I think that uh, it was done well, it was kind of clouded in mystery at the beginning, and for everybody, just to, like you were saying, w- was I a little shy about it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, coming in a little afraid, like, hey, are you going to screw up Star Wars even more, or are we going to have some redemption, are we going to have a good piece? And I, I felt like The Mandalorian Season 1 was very much a Western space odyssey, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it, it was very, kind of, kind of like for my dad, my dad watched some of it, um, and he, he was raised by my grandfather, who always watched Westerns. And so it kind of had like a, a space Western kind of feel. It was kind of a little bit of a... Uh, what's the one cowboy bebop kind of feel um where it was actually a actual story to it so it was i thought i thought it was cool back to your point jordan about like you know disney plus like launching you know this new uh generation of streaming like you know that we got advertisements for marvel series like wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier and loki and what if and all this stuff but they didn't release that stuff right away but they uh, Mandalorian came out before any of those, right? Yeah, like I'm pretty that, sure it came out first. It was like within the first opening weekend, or it was like within yeah. the first like two months of it being being there. And we did a podcast a couple of uh, weeks ago, you know, recapping the year and just kind of talking through different series and things like that. And like, you know, what a year Marvel had for series in 2021. But like, Mandalorian really kicked that off. Yeah, like, for Disney Plus. But I think I think the Mandalorian was this stomping ground to see if Marvel could handle it um because at that point they didn't say anything about if marvel was going to get tv series we were still under the assumption that marvel was just going to be movies and so at that point i think when they saw the success especially with season two and we'll get into that in a future episode but i think with how well season one and season two handled themselves i think they were like hey you know we don't have to do a 20 some season like uh 20 some episode season like arrow flash and all these other shows that are are really doing very well on on cable tv we can do eight to eight to twelve episodes. Do our series, and and really, it's even six. You can fit it all in those you, episodes. Yeah, you can fit the like. You don't have to stretch on, out on, a story and, and, yeah. and give people development. Like I think I said in that wrap in that recap episode, like yeah. Bucky yeah. with all the trauma that he's been going through, that dude needs his own movie or like a six episode series. And, yeah. and I think he will. Granted, there's he's still lacking a little bit in Falcon West Sector, but they gave they gave development to it, whether it be like two or three scenes, like him dealing with that trauma and and how he's feeling about Steve leaving. Like because like that's his best friend and we haven't seen I mean in a movie there probably would, there would be like a throwaway line then like three or four scenes later he'd make people be making jokes. And I I love the Marvel movies, but like this and Dave Filoni's Clone Wars and this, like they give that development. Like, I know this is a separate Star Wars topic, but Clone Wars, like even though it started out on Cartoon Network and did all this other stuff, the finale they gave us on Disney Plus later we down didn't the deserve road, it. we did not deserve that. It was so good. Oh, Chef oh, Kiss, yeah. 
yeah, and the Bad Batch too. I mean, oh, I mean, don't even get I, I'm get started topic, on that. But like, just giving those guys development. Like, yeah, it's kind of Ninja Turtley. Like, they all have their own different personalities and all this stuff. But like, they're giving them more depth than any than some of these other commanders and all this other well, stuff. Well, and, so. and here's the other side to to all of the the Star Wars pieces. We've never had this kind of love shown to such small characters because I feel like up until what twenty when when did the uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker come out. 18? 19? 20, 19? 20, okay. 20, eh, so, it, it was 2019. 19, it was 2019 yeah. because, okay. yeah. So, so 19. So you go all the way from 1977 when A New Hope came out all the way through 2019. That's 42 years and you've never given so much love. What'd you say? It was 2019. Okay. Yeah. So you, you've given... 42 years and you've never given that kind of love until that moment where we start to see a lot of character development and we started to see oh like the empire fell and we're having to kind of piece things together hey uh i'm still poor just because just because the the shift in the regime has happened doesn't mean that my financial status has changed like i still live on tatooine i'm still in this crap hole I like still, life still goes on. Yeah, life still goes on even though yeah. big things happen. Um, and I, it kind of makes me think that, you know, when art imitates the real world and then when the real world imitates art, it kind of goes back and forth. And you start to see, you know, big events happen. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a few changes. Uh, there will be things that happen. But 9-11, kids today have no idea what that even really looks like. I'm, I'm a youth pastor, for those of you guys who don't know, and for our listeners. Um, but, you know, I've got students who – this year, seniors were not born before 9-11 even happened. Like, my adult help, some of them have not even been, were not even born before then. And it, it baffles me. Because I'm like, I remember seeing that. But, Jordan, you know, life still goes on. Jordan? Will and I were, just for, for our listeners. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're, oh, gosh. Me, me and Micah, we're the, we're the senior <laughs> citizens of the podcast. What, 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 do you, what, what do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Challenger Explosion before I was born? In my day... <laughs> Back in my day, we but, didn't give uh, any development but, to that Rancor Keeper. Let me get my cane. Yeah. But, I mean, like, when you, when you look at how some of those events happened, those those shook America. They shook the world. But life still goes on. And I think that when you look at the Empire falling uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi, and then you see life is still going on on Tatooine. Life is still going on on all these other planets, um, as, as they often call them in Star Wars, these backwater planets. Um, and I, I love that. Well, as we'll see and talk about later, uh, like take advantage of it, or and just good to see like some development with that, and just seeing how like Tatooine was handling that or other planets. But that's season two and other yeah. stuff. I don't want to spoil yeah. it. <laughs> no, I I think that that that's great. Um, so talking about season one to keep us on track with that, so we don't ruin season two here. Uh, season one, who is your favorite character? Will go ahead and start us off with that one. Goodness, am I allowed to cheat and say Grogu or Din? Yeah, that's know, like fine. They carry the show on their backs. I'm kidding. I actually, as we were just talking about with the side characters, I honestly think Kreef Karga and IG-11 steal the show. Uh, mm. Kreef Karga is uh, Carl Weathers' character. Uh, I mean, he is just like a little scoundrel. He's kind of like Din's Lando. He's like, oh, Mando, I'm here. I've got another, I've got another uh, bounty for you and all this. Like, they're best buddies like do you feel and... like he's the video game guy that always gives you the mission 
just the way that he like his character was written and the way that he did it. like anytime you go into a video game and there's like that one guy you have to go see about getting a mission he's like mando i've got a mission for you like it's kind of like he's the lifestyle Absolutely. i mean the whole like, this whole first three episodes like him getting we're, we're talking about it later in the questions but like him getting the best car getting his armor upgraded like Skyrim, uh, The Witcher, stuff of that sort. I haven't played The Witcher. I apologize. Breath of the Wild. When you get new armor or like talk to somebody's like, oh hey, can you finally find this? Like yeah, like Kreef Karga's the man with the bounties. And yeah. Just seeing that there are like people that you get to, and I uh, love IG Eleven. I mean, the, the, with the comparisons to the bounty hunters we saw at Empire, everyone's like, oh hey, that guy's kind of like IG Eighty Eight, who has like this rich expanded you history, but it's voiced by Taiga Watiti, and he goes from like a killing machine at the who's going to kill Grogu to getting reprogrammed by Queel to become a babysitter. Cause that happens at the end of, yeah, uh, the, end season, of the first season. Not mistaken. Yep. Um, and then just a little side, cause you know me, I got to pick three. Uh, I, I don't know if this is, is this season one or season two, the droid that's voiced by Richard Ayote. Uh, it was like, I think, I think it might be early season two. So never mind. I'll zip my lip. There's a, there's a funny droid rich, voiced by a guy from like a New Zealand or British comedy. I, I love Richard Ayote, that droid just, Little fun, fun side characters, and I, I, I like those too. If I because I'm gonna challenge myself not to pick the easy answers there on that one, yeah. Um, for me, like you know, it could be easy to pick you know, Mando or Grogu. Um, and I was just looking at the cast for, for season one when we were talking about it, but like, I really enjoyed Moff Gideon, like, I thought that he was. It wasn't like Vader level dark side, but like he he looked pretty scary, right? Coming off of that thing, and he's like, I you know you know what I want, give it to me. And then like he saw him in the Tie Fighter, and it was like, wow, this guy's pretty sweet. So like, you know, just if I was picking, you know, if I wasn't picking Grogu or Mando, I would probably pick Moff Gideon. That's that that's a good. He's up. There with, he's up there with Tarkin and Thrawn. Like I could see those buddies. Like I want to see a spinoff with those three, like living in an apartment. And he Just didn't have like a he didn't have like a lightsaber. He had like a sword kind of thing. The dark right? saber. Oh, the, the dark yeah, saber. The dark, the dark saber. saber. Really when cool. when I saw the end credit with all that, and he just whips out the dark saber, I was like, "Well, <clears throat> yeah, season two is going to kick my butt." I am so excited for that one. Um, Refresh me. What happens with the dark saber after Rebels? I thought a Sabine had it last. Sabine was supposed to have it, um, but I I have no idea because. Uh, and we'll talk about that in season two uh, when we hit that episode. Yeah, it, we'll, it just uh, him having that like once, like uh, thank you, Filoni, for bringing that back. But what happened to Sabine and everybody between now and then? Just showing this guy means business, and he was ready to. Ah, uh, yeah, so good. Yep. Uh, you know, for me. Okay, I I'm gonna slaughter the name, so I'm actually just gonna say this and see if if you guys can help me. What's the guy that says I have spoken? Who reprograms IG Eleven? Oh. Sorry, what was Quill. it? Quill. Um, I think Quill yeah, was, was was great. I was gonna say uh, Kill, um, but Quill, uh, Quill. I think that he was great. I love the voice actor for him. Um, he was in uh, what was it called? Um, it? The one with Tom Hardy, the fight Warrior. Um, he was in Warrior. He was their great dad. Movie. Great film, and he, like he's kind of just been kind of that rough guy. And to see him as an alien and to hear that voice when I sat down and I watched it. I was so excited. I I was talking with my dad about it uh, when it happened, and he was like, "Jordan, he's a famous actor. Like, like he's been in a lot of stuff." Um, and so we were just talking, and he, 
he was a former slave too and getting his freedom back just like yeah they didn't need to give him that development and just saying like oh hey like yeah. i have fought for this he could have I, been I have a spoken. throwaway character and i <laughs> yeah. i think this comes back to what we were talking about earlier just giving that depth like this show went so far like we we don't deserve some of the stuff that they're storytelling like it it just keeps continually building and building oh, and building sorry <laughs> oh you're good um so so with all this um you know i liked him um and then there was the oh, i forget her name she was on uh i think it was tatooine and she was the one who worked on with the droids the the button droids uh i absolutely loved her i thought it i thought she was great so in episode one we meet the mandalorian who is a phenomenal bounty hunter he's he's widely renowned as that and I want to know, Micah, let's start with you. What were your initial thoughts of Mando? I, I, I just thought that he was mysterious and he was quiet. And I think that was kind of the goal, I think, of like the Mando, the, the race of the Mandalorian. Um, Jordan, do you agree with that? Like, I, I think that like, weren't they were, were they not like supposed to talk or talk very much like to other people or other than themselves? Like, do you remember that? I think there was a little bit of clarity in that in some of the earlier episodes where it kind of kept to themselves. The Manda, the Mandalorians would keep to themselves and um, not really talk. And so, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised that they it was so good early on with very little. Like, he didn't do much. Like, he as far as in the words of words in in the way of speaking, if that makes sense. It's kind of the same thing they're doing with the Book of Boba Fett. They're not talking a lot they're letting their actions do the speaking which is very old school star wars yes yeah i and i think that's a, i don't remember if that's supposed to be something they do or if that's just kind of a, a natural hey we that's the kind of people it's a nature versus nurture kind of thing um mm -hmm. and i i think that's kind of who the mandalorians are uh as a whole uh i i don't know that they specifically said like hey we're not supposed to talk to people um, I, yeah, I have Maybe no that idea, wasn't it. but I think, but in my notes, I wrote that, like, I didn't know what to think with him, but like, he was mysterious, which was okay because that's kind of his, his gimmick, so to speak. Like he's supposed to be a bounty hunter. He's supposed to go in there. He's supposed to get his job done, collect his money and leave. Like he, yeah. there was, I mean, that's what they do. That's what a bounty hunter is supposed to do. They kind of just hide in the shadows, get their job done and get out of there. Yeah. I, I think one of the, the really cool pieces as well is like, it's all bounty hunters like okay let's see if you remember this in uh episode five uh darth vader hires a bunch of bounty hunters and bosk looks at uh one of the maybe it was he was looking at uh boba fett and he just kind of goes like he kind of makes that like hissing noise at him and that's all it like it's kind of like hey i'm menacing i know i'm i'm trouble and like don't don't talk to me don't touch me like I'm here to do a job, and I feel like that's the bounty hunter mentality, uh, and I think you're right with it. I think that he didn't say a whole lot because that's the bounty. I'm here to get paid. Like that's that's the mentality is, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to get paid. That's it. Let's keep moving forward. So, you know, Will, uh, we we were asking, what is your what were your initial thoughts of Mando? Um, they, I mean, the first thing that they talk about with him is this guy's a phenomenal bounty hunter. He's widely known uh in in that area for be well for being one of the guys who kicks butt takes I mean, names and, yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, just to echo those sentiments, I don't know exactly what you guys said, but because uh, spoiler alert, guys, I, I work when we're when we're doing these little inside baseball for y'all. Uh, um, but uh, I mean, just his opening appearance coming to the cantina to get a Horatio Sands character. I believe that's him, right? Um, yeah. Like he's like killing people. Like he gets he cuts he cuts that one guy in half with the door. Like I think that leaded credence to everybody thinking like, is this Boba Fett? Because that's something that's a total Boba Fett move. But like he's just taking what he learned from the Mandos and utilizing that to get his bounty and get stuff done. Like I, you mentioned Cowboy Bebop earlier. I was saying that show, I, I think set like the precedent for this and other ones be like, oh hey, like we can do all these like standalone adventures. Like it does help if you watch it episode one to episode eight with the serialization and the ongoing stuff with Grogu. But if you want to show a friend like the episode later on where he's like training the village to protect itself with, uh, with Cara Dune and all that to stop the Walker and all that, you could show them that and they'd be like, Oh my gosh. Or you could show them the Bo-Katan one in season two. Sorry, spoilers, <laughs> but, but they've had years to watch it, but like you could show people all these individual episodes and they'd be like, Oh, I want to start from the beginning now. And then, yeah, I think I think fine. you know when you watch certain shows like Arrow, especially, is hard to just sit down watch an episode. I mean, there's certain episodes you could show somebody as like the highlight episode, but you don't want to just start them in season five, six, seven, and then be like, yeah. hey, because like with with only short with the short seasons and all that, I think that each episode is so self-contained, but it continues a long long pressed story as well somebody lost when they're getting into time travel and all that stuff or something like yeah. fringe and like it's last two seasons that stuff's crazy but mando like i think john favreau and dave filoni are like just so on the pulse and like filoni was doing the same way like the clone wars episodes like yeah there's three episode arcs and it helps you but like you get the 40s voice going like hey previously on star wars here's what's been going on like it, it treats yeah. you like it treats it almost like a, a comic book like I know, like, there's ongoing arcs in there, but, like, there's, like, a little brief recap, and then, boom, you go into it. I'm like, oh, I didn't need the other five issues. I can just read this or watch this, and you're set. You're good to go. And I think they did that well. But we were talking about Din, and, I mean, Din's a, a complicated guy. I think some, similar to what we're finding out with Boba Fett right now, like, he, he's had some trauma. Like, he lost his parents during the Siege of Mandalore, and he has his found family, and... Uh, I mean, he, he, I think rather than like was that actually deal with those emotions, Mandalore? Because from my understanding, he's not Mandalorian. He, he's not Mandalorian. I don't think not. But not by people race. People told me it was the Battle or Siege of Mandalore. That's when that was happening. Okay, because I thought it was like one of the moons or something like that. Uh, in that probably in that star star system because I know they they all so protected and were fighting the Clone Wars as well. Um, because that's why there were all the droids and all that because they got decommissioned after. Uh, the Clone Wars, but yeah, I yeah, I didn't so I didn't it, think it, that he it was had to take on place there. somewhere in that time frame. But then just him developing the creed and going with like the extremist Mandos, rather than like let all that stuff let his trauma define him and be like, oh no, like I'm so sad and all the stuff. He like he got tough. And he's like, you know what, the galaxy's a tough place. I'm gonna become a bounty hunter and just live my best life and uh get my get my money and just go about my day and protect the the creed. So yeah, uh, Micah was talking about that whole bounty hunter vibe with I don't say a whole lot. I walk in, I do the job, I walk out, get paid. And that's just, just working the grind. Um, that, that more bounty hunter mentality. Um, and I, I think that's, I think that system broke when we get to this part, which is baby Yoda, the child Grogu, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I want to talk about him for a few. 
what were your guys' thoughts and expectations with this character? I mean, you took a bounty hunter who, in the first episode, you don't want to mess with him. And then he kind of softened up a little bit, but specifically with that child. Um, and so, and then we don't find out his actual name being Grogu until season two. But for those who have heard, um, or just now heard, uh, just want to make sure that we spoiler. acknowledge it. So, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, so what what were your guys' thoughts and expectations with this character? Did you think, hey, this is weird. Like, is this going to be Yoda reincarnated? Uh, do you think that this is like one of Yoda's race? This could be his child. Like, what were your guys' thoughts on that one? I, I didn't think that like it was Yoda reincarnated. I just thought that it was really cool to see that the race of Yoda had continued beyond just Return him. of the Jedi. Yeah, especially like since they were you know. You know, <clears throat> you know, Return of the Jedi came out when it did. You know, so many years ago. Like I don't remember what year that was. 80? 80, 80, uh, yeah, eighty-three. Yeah, so yeah, long time ago in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Um, nice. No, right. I, <clears throat> I just think that like in Return of the Jedi, if you're watching, you know, the original trilogy in real time, and you watch Return of the Jedi, spoiler alert: Yoda dies because he's old and he's just. You know, he's done. He's washed up. So, like, he just dies, and he's lived his best life, and he's going on to to, to the afterlife with the Jedi. So, um, I just thought it was really cool to see that there was, you know, another, you know, of Yoda's race. I did, you know, he could be Yoda's grandchild. He could be Yoda's son. You know, it, it could be. But, like, I was just, I was more like, oh, there's another <laughs> of Yoda. Because, you know... From the lightsaber battles and um, you know the Clone Wars and even in like the, the prequel trilogy, like and even like his his very little, um, you know his appearances in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, like we got enough of Yoda, like but we we didn't know that there was going to be, you know, more of his race. So that was just I was more excited for that. So well, I know that prequel there's like a scene I think in uh, Phantom Menace where it's his sister Yada. Um, Yaddle. Yaddle. Thank you. Um, oh. and so like, there's, there's more to them, but she's, she has like a very, like you blink and you miss it kind of situation. Um, but, but like, like, but again, did they, they didn't build on that at all. Like, and who knows if she even lived after exactly. Well, hey, hey, but hey, know hey Lucas made some toy money on that. Lucas made some toy money on that. You, you can bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> well, and, the only way I, the only reason that I knew about Yaddle was uh, shout out to my friend Cody Bryant. Um, he had like a Star Wars like card game kind of thing, and it said Yaddle on it. And I was like, what? And then it showed a picture of her. And so I was like, I didn't realize Yoda had a sister. And it literally says like all the trivia stuff with her. And it's like Yoda has an older sister, or, like a younger sister, or something like that. Um, I don't know if they were related like that, but uh, I guess I just haven't really looked into her that much. But yes. Um, just to take the mic from you, from you both there for a second. I don't know why I do stuff with my hands. No one's watching this, um, but um, sure anymore will. I know, I know. I just I love the camera. What can I say? Um, <laughs> um, I think Grogu was the best kept secret of that first episode, uh, and whenever when it showed up, I was like one, ah, and I think two, like Din when he found that child and it, sh it shoots. IG-11 point blank right there like he saw himself in Grogu he's like wait like what happened to this thing's parents like did something 
kill this his parents i'm not leaving i'm not gonna kill a child or take this child in i mean he, 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 he or he, he wasn't gonna kill a child so he just took the kid in which might be used for snoke experience experiments or bringing back the emperor to be determined uh i mean that they've kept that pretty hush hush but just with what, what they were doing with the underworld i thought they could maybe do they haven't expanded too much yet and who knows if they ever will with season three or some other stuff but um i i thought we might be get some expanse on like on what the Grogu's slash Yoda's were. Uh, if that's, if that race is just super hypersensitive to the force, how they age, what they are and all that stuff. I mean, I don't need all the questions answered, but just like little stuff. And we do eventually get that in season two, but every scene that little nugget was in, I loved, it was the meme. It was like the meme for two years of that little guy. And when we eventually get to season two, like, I don't know if I'm going to get emotional talking about it again, but, when I watched it, you bet your butt I was very emotional with his ending and all that. But I'll, I'll zip my lips there. Well, well, like, and you know, with with most main characters in shows, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, whatever we talk about on Nerd Talk, like, you you get attached to these characters, and like, you know, in most series, they're not going to kill off the main person, right? One of the main characters. But like, I legitimately worried about him in every episode because he was always getting into mischief and he was always getting into trouble, and like, you're like. Uh, please don't die. Please don't kill him. Please don't get hurt. Like you, you develop the relationship. And I mean, Jordan could probably speak into this more than I can because he has a kid. Um, I, a I, as and you're talking about this, I was like, yeah, because I've recently just went through seasons one and two and I sat back and I'm like, you keep leaving this kid with strangers or you keep leaving him on yeah. or you keep leaving him on the ship and like, no, not a fan of this. Like be a better dad. Oh, and well, and I and I was saying that to compare it kind of to like, you know, we see, and, and like we just wrapped up Hawkeye not too long ago. I worried about that stupid dog in every single episode. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. please, please don't hurt the dog. Please don't hurt the dog. I want the dog to be okay. I was just <laughs> waiting. He for, is lucky. He I is just, lucky. I was waiting so, for still, Lucky the pizza dog so to like, like ruin their apartment or something. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, it kind of goes back to just even the original. There's always like a. A, a wise mentor in some sense, like with Ben to Luke or Kenobi to Anakin or Anakin to Ahsoka it's, or the Bad Batch to Omega. Like this is a, this is like a key part of Star Wars language is like, yeah, this might not be the world Mando. He might not know like all the Jedi stuff and do all the stuff to be able to help him, but like he's going to get him safely to where he needs to get him to uh, the, the best way he knows how. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think you know ha- having a kid of my own, watching how I'm learning alongside Oliver. So like I'm I'm seeing the world through his eyes. I'm having to learn to be a dad while he's learning what to do, what not to do. And I kind of sat back and you know, I just said, you know, be a better dad, but in reality, if you have no one who has ever truly loved you, I mean, your parents died on that siege and you are now raised as a foundling you're not gonna you're raised in the military it's a very different like than a loving nurturing and he's got to figure this out because that kid there's no way you can take the child grogu and and go through all that like you you have to baby step it and you have to show love and compassion and i think uh mando just really starts to to figure it out um as he goes and, and he has to to really start to learn things through so uh what were your thoughts about when 
the Mudhorn shows up, and Mando has to fight him off. And then later when he gets the Mudhorn signet, did you like that? Did you think that was a cool aspect? You know, we were talking earlier with how they, they add all this uh, this storytelling to characters that have never been. But now we're introducing animals that have not really had much significance. I mean, we had, what, the, the Rancor from Episode 6. You had the three animals, the, like the woolly rhino, uh, the giant praying mantis, and the, like, the, the purple uh, tiger cat from Episode 2. But I can't really think of too many more tauntauns and and wampas can you really think of anything else no but you're listing off pretty much everything that's ever been in star wars but that, that, that in reality like that's it like there's not been yeah a... and it's not much it's not much to, to cover the entire galaxy no i mean that's not even enough to hit even the state of oklahoma or the state of ohio or indiana which is where we're all at like that's like that's species wise that's not a lot um, and I know, like, there's the water creatures from episode one, and, like, they, they, they do add a little bit to each one, um, and it's not like George Lucas additions don't keep pushing out every time they re-release New Hope, uh, <laughs> they keep adding CGI animals in, um, but what did, what did you guys think about the Mudhorn fight? I mean, it was kind of reminiscent of Django getting his uh, butt kicked it on Geonosis. Uh, I, I mean, if they, I, I kind of figured Grogu was safe. I know Micah was worried about Grogu, but um, Din Djarin's future was not determined. <laughs> so I was like, oh, if nothing else, maybe this this kid just keeps going to different Mandalorians, and those are the side stories we're gonna get. Um, and we just we won't visit the story again for like another like season or two, but. I mean, just him taking that thing on with what little he had. I'm just like, yikes! And then getting the the assist from Gogur using the Force. I'm like, oh, so like he is a Jedi. Just like Yoda. Oh my, okay. Uh, and just those those silly Jawas. But the Suka Suka whatever they want uh, with the egg. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> what did, What did you think about him having that as the signet of his armor? Did you like that that was kind of added in? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of the EU and, like, what, like this, what the Signet uh, represents, but if it's, like, something that you took you took on or um, that Legends will be spoken of you about, then, like, yes, like, put that, wear that on you like a badge of honor, as some people like to say. I kind of look at it like it's kind of like with Harry Potter. We've got the, when they, uh, the Patronus charm. And each Patronus is specifically different. I think that their signets are different. What about you, Micah? I just thought it was cool. Like you were talking a little about the animals and like introducing some different characters and different aspects to um, what Star Wars is doing as a whole. Um, it was cool to see. You know, he was willing to do whatever it took. You know, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Um, I was going That was good. I was kind of combining good. Marvel, whatever it takes, and Star Wars. This is the way I was kind of. I was merging both of those there. Um, I just thought it was cool. Um, and was that the first time that we saw like Grogu use the Force? Was that the yeah. very first time? Yeah, this would have been yeah. Episode Two. We barely even met uh, Grogu at this point because he wasn't yeah. in Episode One. He came into Episode Two. Okay. Yeah. So, for the first time to see him, you know really take you know 
to really take like a glance at his character for the first time, like to see what he can do and what he, you know, he's more than just a child. There's something very special about who he is and what he's bringing to this story. And, um, you know, if, you know, what if, you know, Anakin had never been a thing and Grogu was actually the one that was supposed to save the universe and bring balance to the force. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, could we, like, could we even play that, you know, story, you know, into, you, you know what I mean? Like throw that story into you know, perspective. Like, and maybe, maybe that's what Grogu does moving forward. Like if they just keep making Star Wars stuff, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, who knows? He'll still be a baby because of his age. When we find out all the, all the fun pieces. But does that make sense? Like he oh, could yeah. be, he could be the modern Anakin. He could. Like, but not turn to the dark side, but actually save the universe. But he, he could be a part of like a secret society of Jedi that he helps build and all that. So I think that's cool. Uh, I know that the Mudhorn definitely reminded me of uh, the Wooly Rhino uh, that was uh, in episode two when they were fighting him in the Coliseum on Geonosis. I thought that was very reminiscent, um, but it also kind of shows, hey, like there's kind of like with, you know, here in America, we have certain animals that look like animals that are over in Africa or in Asia or uh, you just look at just different pieces and it's like, okay, that's really cool that maybe something migrated from one place to the other because everybody's space traveling. They Someone may have smuggled some animals off of, off their world and moved it over and, and things crashed and landed and they they got loose and it just started to adapt to the environment. I mean, who knows? It's it's really cool to see some of that. And I, just, I think that it was really cool that he got that signet. Uh, and that's why I added that. So what do you think about uh, when Mando rolls into the bar wearing his new armor? Because after turning in Grogu and then getting all the new armor and then getting that off, uh, you know, we're, we're so used to, I, I would say, really like the limited armor that was Boba Fett's. Um, where it's kind of got a lot more of the fabric underneath. Like, it's it's more like a chest plate, um, a couple, like, arm plates, shoulder pads, things like that. More kind of like football gear. Um, <clears throat> what were your thoughts when he came in looking more like a, a modern knight kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was cool because, like, I mean, what was it, eight episodes for the first season? Yeah, so eight episodes... Um, it was nice to see that they, we talked a lot about Spider-Man recently and, and some of our other episodes, how they've kind of re um, done his suit several times and every suit is, is better or cooler or, yeah. you know, it's nice to see it changed up. So like, I feel that the same way about Mandalorian, like, you know, that fresh coat of paint, like when we first start the show off, it's like, you know, it's kind of rugged. It's kind of dirty. It's like, he's not, you know, it's not his best look. So, you know, they had to build on it. So I thought that it was really cool. I thought that it was uh, it was super slick compared to the original suit. Um, I would I even argue that his uh, his armor, when upgraded, looked way better than the entire movie of Age of Ultron. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up the nanotech suit of Iron Man. No, no. <laughs> no. Um, no, we know how awesome that suit was. But, well, what do you think of the Mandalorian suit? Well, another visual aid here. Uh, um, they can't see they us. They can't. Well, for you guys, uh, oh, okay. because hey guys, hey, um, it's show and tell, and I want to show my favorite toy that I got at a com comic convention. <laughs> um, but this is a Target exclusive Black Series uh, Mando and the Child. Um, uh, 
listeners, you can Google that. Uh, if you can find one, they are they are they are pricey on the internet. If you can't find it at Target, but uh, it because we're talking about the armor, and when he got that full Beskar suit, I was just like, uh, thinking the Fifty Cent song "PIMP" was playing in his head or something of that sort. <laughs> Because that suit looked mm, chef's kiss, like it was almost like a full vibranium thing. I'm just like, yeah. ooh, and everybody going like, dang, Mando, shoot. Uh, and then I like collecting the Black Series toys, and they have Mando in his original armor and Grogu separately. And I'm like, no, I will not be satisfied unless I get this one because this is what he's in right now. I I will settle for for nothing less, and uh, neither, neither does Mando. So we can only just keep assuming if he gets a better armor that he just keeps upgrading stuff. But I think that Beskar is uh, probably the best armor he's going to get. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that he's going to get any better. There might be a paint job uh, if he ends up joining with Season 2 with Bo-Katan uh, in future seasons and things like that. We already said Bo-Katan's in there, so I'm like, I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, but... I think at this point, I think we can allude to stuff. In, it's your podcast, but yeah. I just, I think we can allude to stuff. But as long as we're not like expanding, yeah. like yeah, five paragraphs. Um, so. so I think one of the really cool things is like as his armor upgraded, um, it's kind of like Iron Man. Like with Lego, they didn't really do a whole lot of uh, Mandalorian pieces, but they had a Lego Mandalorian where his arms didn't have the whole uh, like signet and all that. And then by the end of the season, and everything was pushed through and uh, some some time had happened. They actually did like special arm prints. So on his right arm, there is the signet of the Mudhorn. Um, and I I think that you know when he rolled up in the in the bar wearing his his new armor, I was like, "Woo, man! That 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 was sweet." Uh, and I think that you know there's just not enough love for it. So, of all Mando's weapons, because his armor uh, with great armor comes great weapons. Uh, so with that, what are your guys' <laughs> Mike is shaking his head at me. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Weapon-wise, was there one that really was like, oh, that thing is awesome, or did, were you shocked by anything? Um, and you know what? I'm even going to go ahead and say this. You can even use a Season 2 piece of weaponry if you want to throw that in. Um, but out of all of his armor and weapons and things like that, like what was your guys' favorite? I need to go first because Will's going to name seven or three or four. We're gonna say um, one, oh. one weapon, one <laughs> weapon. Will. Oh, I'm just, I'm just looking all at all of them on the toy. So you're, go ahead, go ahead. The toy. Um. I okay. Jetpack. I thought the jetpack was really cool. That yeah, that's pretty sweet. That was one. Will. That was an example of what one. <laughs> but it's the loneliest number, Micah. That could <laughs> okay. Uh, not necessarily a weapon, but just something I I liked that he utilized. It's kind of a weapon because it helps him with his bounties, and it it does cause harm to the people that it it uh, is used on. But his uh, carbon freeze chamber and, and the razor crest. Must we, can we just say the razor crest? Can I just say the razor crest because that that is a weapon of mass destruction in anyone's hands. Yeah, uh, that, that thing is awesome. No matter what, and the fact that it has the carbonite freeze thing in it, that was that's a good call. Um. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out which way I want to go. I loved his long rifle that had the disintegrating bullets because when, like, he starts popping some of the Jawas because <laughs> they're taking apart his ship and they just... Poof, poof, and they're just, like, blowing... That's so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> he Thanos to them. I was I was loving it. Uh, but I, I also really loved uh, the whistling birds. I thought those ones were really cool. Uh it was just a, a kind of like Iron Man when he in the first movie when he's like pinpo- uh, pinpointing all the targets 
and then he just from his shoulders they pop up and shoot all the bad guys i was like it kind of reminds me of that but it has a little bit more of a twist and did that in age of ultron too i believe (laughs) boo get that out of here uh it's funny because you just said i know i gave my i gave my reference to it but uh, oh, I, didn't, I didn't hear it. Sorry. So it's now there's God. two count two good. references in there. So there's actually three, but because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mikey gave one earlier today too. <laughs> so and now the cycle is complete. <laughs> uh, good job, guys. Uh, mm. This the series had or this season had eight episodes. How do you feel the storytelling went? And is it enough for the season? Is it too much? How how did you feel with eight episodes? Did you feel like the the episode should have been longer? Do you think uh, there should have been more. Should it have been kind of like Clone Wars, where it was like two to three in a story arc? What, what are your guys' thoughts on how the season was portrayed? We talked a little bit about it, but what are your guys' thoughts here? I think that like Disney does such a great job, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, whatever. So far, with what they're putting out on um, Disney Plus, the the content has just been great. Um, and um, reference to Mandalorian, like. I was telling Jordan earlier, it felt very much like old school Star Wars, like slow, methodic story building, not a lot of um, verbiage at the beginning. It was more acting than actual talking. And I think that that was on purpose and very intentional, like to give you that old Star Wars feel. Um, As far as like episodes per season, like eight episodes, I think that... um, you talk about shows like Arrow and The Flash and stuff like that. Like, I think we're in a new era of streaming and television where less is more. But even if every episode is like an you know an hour, for example, like um, Marvel has tended uh, Marvel's tendency is more maybe six episodes. Like, WandaVision was nine, but like Falcon and Winter Soldier was six, Loki was six, Hawkeye was six, um, Moon Knight, which is what we talked about on our live stream a little, a little bit earlier. Um, it's slated for six episodes, but that's kind of their go-to. And with Star Wars, it tends to be a little bit like on, you know, anywhere between seven and nine episodes. I know that Mandalorian was eight. Um, Boba Fett's actually slated for seven. So um, anyway, I'm kind of like rambling at this point, but I think that like, I love the pacing and I love um, how it feels kind of like old school Star Wars with a newer vibe to it. They just take you for the ride. And, you know, I, all the love to John Favreau because I feel like he should do everything Star Wars from here on out. <laughs> I don't know if well, that's what you were looking for, Jordan, but I think that was just well. You know who picked him out though for that job, Kathleen Kennedy. So whether you like the sequels or not, I think we still oh, just a little bit of a pat on the back to Kathleen Kennedy for picking Favreau and. Filoni I feel like the Last Jedi is going to be the new Age of Ultron thing in, uh, in our, in our for, for me, for me at least, uh, and then everybody will boo, and then randomly like uh, I wanna, five episodes after that i'll be gone i want to i want to <laughs> pop in real quick the kathleen yeah. kennedy thing every once in a while a blind squirrel will find a nut i want that stated just because she she you got john you found favreau. me i'm the nuttiest guy in the podcast baby but what i'm saying is just <laughs> because she got john favreau and she nailed it with that one does not mean that she deserves any real good credit like that is that's that's the that's the nut that she finally she made found. a few like billion a, dollars for Lucasfilm too. But yes, I I do agree with I do agree with that point. I do agree with that uh, platitude though. Yes, even like even an Age of Ultron spinoff can be good. <laughs> <laughs> so did you feel like eight episodes was enough with storytelling though, Will? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just sorry, we got off topic there, but yeah, absolutely. Like 
less is more it more or less like when with flash and arrow like i do or some of the, the more syndicated shows like on abc fox cw and all that like you have to have 23 episodes to last you a whole year and i do like the sometimes if they can they try to split it up and have like one story arc in from beginning to mid season and then when we come back from there to the end but sometimes it's we get filler and sometimes you can just see the budget on the wall or go like oh like we're trying we're gonna just change motivations even though it makes no sense for the story and in this like no like they did a solid job like and similar to what i was saying earlier how we had all those solo adventures like we had him meeting cara dune and saving that we had him teaming up with the mandos to save the child uh i mean that that's a whole like a little arc right there uh and when he had to make money, uh, he hung out with that gunslinger kid who wants to become like a bounty hunter like him or teaming up to uh, with Bill Burr and everybody to get uh, Clancy Brown, Brown out of jail. Like there was all kinds of little stuff. And then it all comes into comedy uh, to it very comes to the end where he assembles essentially his uh, his a team to help him out, even if he thinks they're outnumbered. It's like we got I got to do something. These are the people I met. And even though we're like a crazy roundabout group, like all those stories, even if you didn't see it, like it all makes sense. Like they all bring something to the table. Like Cara Dune's the heavy, Kreef Karga kind of knows the city and all the ins and outs. Uh, Quill reprogrammed that droid and like he's a, he's a caretaker and will do everything he can. Just everyone came together to, to ensure that child's safety. And I think eight episodes, like if we went like 15 or 20, I could just see like Mando or someone betraying him. Then like two episodes later, I'm back. Uh, but I, I still don't trust you. Like it, it wouldn't make sense. And we'd be like, oh, why is Mando trusting this person? Just like two episodes ago, they went off the rails or went crazy. So eight I episodes. It was just enough. It was just yeah. enough. Yeah, it, it was just enough. I, I think uh, I think this needs to be a lesson to all studios. Like eight eight at bare minimum, 13 at most with stuff like uh, Netflix's yeah, like Daredevil Netflix or Daredevil. some of the other yeah. shows. Because if not, you're going to similar to me, you're going to start rambling and then your motivations aren't going to make sense. And you're going to catch some hypocrisy in the show. It's like, wait, why did, what? Huh? And this straightforward, did no wasted time and good to go. Well, I think then, as you said, no fillers, like you're, yeah. you don't feel like it's stretched out. You don't feel like you have to worry about it. Um, I think eight, I think you could have, like you said, done 13 um, comfortably, but I think eight as, as Micah uh, says all the time, it leaves you wanting more. Um, there's some sprinkling in here and there that kind of fills in for the next season that you're like, oh, remember when they did that in season one? And then it makes you want to go back and rewatch. Like I sat down and watched season one and two. So 16 episodes, not really a crazy day um, or a crazy weekend to, to just sit and watch all of that. But I, I remember just watching some of these and I was like, oh, hey, like five episodes ago, I remember Cara Dune was in here. Um, and they they went and they did this and then they come back and they do this and and just to see the storytelling it's kind of like um, I've I recently watched Friends all the way through and when you start to point back and you start to play off of older jokes or you start to play off of older plot lines um, you start to build something bigger I mean Ming Na Wei shows up and then she is uh, left for dead and they think that she's gone and things like that and then she's gonna show back up and everybody sees her in Book of Boba Fett and you're like wait. Okay, so so they keep playing off of that, and I think uh, it leads to where you can continue, but you don't feel like it's so stretched um, or too short. I think, like you guys were saying, it, it's in that just right area. Um, so, yeah, like honestly, uh, with all the side characters they set up, like 
I, I, do I think all of them deserve like their own spinoff show? No, but like you could treat almost all of those like a backdoor pilot to a degree with some of these side characters they set up. Absolutely. Even if it's, even if it's like a, just a one shot. Um. So my last question for tonight is: If you were to rank this against some of the other Disney Plus originals. And this goes from anything Disney-related, kind of like with the Mighty Ducks one, any of the cartoons, uh, Marvel, uh, some of their, uh, I mean, they even did some documentary series, things like that. If you were to rank this against any of the others, what would you say it stands at for you? Yeah, I would say top five, for sure. Like top five, uh, you know, right up there against Marvel. Um, you know, I thought Mighty Ducks was great. Um was very nostalgic for me. Um, but yeah, definitely top five in regards to um, anything that Marvel's put out. Like, it's it's such a, um, you know, Marvel's put out so much more content than Star Wars has so far. I mean, Star Wars is just getting started. Um, they've done um, Mandalorian, and they're doing Boba Fett now, um, you know, with you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out, and then, like, Mandalorian Season 3 is coming out. Like, and I think Andor is coming out, too, this year. Yeah, yeah. So they have so much, like, catching up to do. But, like, it's it's Star Wars, right? They wouldn't... It wouldn't be Star Wars if they didn't leave you in suspense with, with you know, like, releasing content and how often they do. Um, you know, I think that Marvel got a good head start on them. So we'll see if they can catch up. But as far as your question, I would definitely say um, top five. Um, you know, kind of in there with, with Loki and Hawkeye, you know, WandaVision, you know, Mandalorian. Um, but anyway, I don't think Disney can do anything wrong at this point. Like, they're just, they've mastered the art of putting content out there, short content, um, short seasons, short episodes. And we talked about Mandalorian, but like, same thing with the Marvel stuff. Like, they just, they can't do anything wrong. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, You know, I might be pushing on this one, but I would say top three. Uh, yeah. and the, the reason I say top three is I really, really enjoyed Cap or the, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I loved Loki. I loved Hawkeye. I loved WandaVision and What If. Like, I loved those shows, but The Mandalorian is going to kind of sit there as one of – because it, it's kind of also um, kind of a nostalgia piece, like an early nostalgia for, for Disney+. Plus. Like, as we continue to move forward, it just sits really well for me. Uh, where it's at I think the storytelling was really good and I just it brought me back to loving Star Wars after the failure of the sequel trilogy uh, in my own eyes I didn't like the sequel trilogy um, I barely liked episode seven like a lot of people were like oh, we love episode seven and I, I I mean I keep talking about it like I struggled with a lot of that um, but it kind of made me fall in love with Star Wars again and I can pick up the Mandalorian at any point and watch any of the episodes and be like happy with it. it's kind of uh you know, we, Michael, we talk about this, that show that you can watch when you're sick, you can watch when you're tired, you can watch, like, I could sit down and watch this at any time. Um, it doesn't, it's not like, a, I have to watch this on Star Wars Day, I have to watch this on its year uh, anniversary or, or whatever, like, it's not a specific time frame. Um, and I've gone back and I've rewatched some of the, the Marvel shows, uh, but I've probably rewatched Star Wars Mandalorian three, three to five times already. And I just I think that it was really really good. So, what about you, Will? Talking about where we would rank it. Correct? Where we would rank it. Yep. Out of all the Disney original, Jordan, Disney I said, Plus original. Will I said top five. Jordan said top three. Go ahead. Say top one. Say number one. Say number one. No, I'll, I'll say top. I'll say top. I'll say top four. I'll say top four. Though 
admittedly, I haven't gotten into the story, but when this first came out, uh, I was in a different place in life too, but I, it came out my birthday week. So I watched it and then I watched it with someone else. And then for my birthday, we were waiting for people to come over and I'm like, you guys want, you guys just want to watch Mandalorian? <laughs> and we I watched it a third time. So I've, I've rewatched it a bunch. So it's in the top four. If we're just going off Disney plus original content, I, I mean, the last season of Clone Wars, do we give that a, technic a technicality since it's the last season and it was exclusively on there? Because I don't like the Martell sisters, but that those last four episodes in the Bad Batch, those eight episodes were good. Oh, goodness. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's up there. I've watched it so much. Uh, I, talking about it again, I was going to try to rewatch it um, before we recorded this, but it's still so fresh in my head. Yeah. And it's because of all those rewatches i like i don't know if i need to well some of the other stuff that we've watched i'm like oh i might need to go back and rewatch that but but I, I feel like most of these disney plus things i've rewatched like at least twice three times yeah at least and this is included because it's it's that good it's worth the hype and this wasn't a question of yours but the wig uh good gurunson uh, i messing up a name for once but that guy came from creed and is killed it on the music with a bum 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 bum, and he's doing it now again on Book of Boba Fett. Brilliant composer. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh composer. yeah. The music alone was just phenomenal. So yeah, it's got enough John Williamsisms, but taking their own fresh take on it. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I am so so glad that we got to do this. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, if you are out there listening to this episode, we would encourage you to go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're also on TikTok. We're doing a lot of new things. Uh, on Mondays, we start filming all these episodes a few weeks out and whatnot. But on Mondays, we're starting to do a Facebook Live warm-up. And so what we do behind that is a little bit behind the scenes. We give a quick topic for us to just discuss maybe something that's currently new in the nerd world. Uh, it could be Star Wars news, uh marvel news we uh started tonight's with moon knight with the new trailer that just dropped so we're a couple weeks before uh out from where it actually will drop this episode but what we encourage is for you to be a part of that we would love to have you be in the comment section just asking any questions we'll put polls up we'll we want to be as interactive with you guys as we can so uh thank you for joining us and make sure you like subscribe and we'll catch you next time here on nerd talk mm -hmm.